0: Welcome to Wrestling with the Angels, a podcast that hopes to encourage you as we limp along this life together. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my good friends and co-hosts, Clint and Angie. And we're back after being off for a week uh, due to the ice storm down here uh, in South Louisiana. And today we... Wow, did y'all hear my, my throat? That throat? That was my throat. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope everyone could hear that. Anyway, so we don't really have a good word to talk about what all three of us are going to talk about other than the idea of deconstruction, and so we're going to be talking about that from our own perspectives today. So if one of y'all wants to start.
1: Uh, yeah, sort of the idea I had behind this episode was uh, based on a uh, video that Angela sent us, um, <laughs> From a a former christian uh the 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 child of a famous evangelical, and they were just talking about all the things about the Bible that didn't make sense to them anymore and it was very angry and it was very uh just kind of dismissive and i uh I had this idea that Zach and I have been on this spiritual journey for the last couple of years um on our own independently but also together. Of moving from a very systematized and a very, um, I don't know what another word would be to describe it, but a very rigorous rigorous and, and everything's got to be thought out, logical, yeah, a, airtight yeah. in our own mind, a system of belief. And we've sort of been leaving that and embracing mystery. Now we haven't, we haven't abandoned orthodoxy. We haven't abandoned conservative theology. Um, we just probably aren't as uh, conservative to, mo- to some people as we were.
2: Now they'll hang out with the girl pastor.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are not here under duress. <laughs> uh, and so I thought, my thought process was there has to be a word for that, right? And to borrow from this sort of leaving the faith altogether, whether conservative or whatever. And, and and becoming a nun or not and not a Catholic <laughs> nun but a n o n e yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, rejecting Christianity that's called deconstruction leaving an absolute system of thought for a not like for no absolute system of thought and that's called deconstruction so I was thought I've always thought of what we've been going through as a deconstruction of sorts mm-hmm. and so I wanted to talk about today and we don't have a working title for the for the pod, for the episode yet but we talked about the idea of redeeming deconstruction meaning we're to the in the eyes of the of the world and to our more conservative brothers and sisters we probably look like we're deconstructing mm. we're heading towards something that's less conservative less absolute than what we what we were but we're not going as far as casting away our faith we're still very devout. We still have a, a very um, precise, I would say, definition of what the gospel is, what yeah. the good news of, of is.
0: Yeah, one of the, you know, if, if I can, if deconstruction is tearing down structural walls and reframing them with something else, what I would consider us doing, because we can deny that we are different than what we used to be, right? right. I don't want to deny that, but... The structure is basically the same, like what you're saying. We've, if to borrow some language from what we're stealing from, I would consider what we've been going through as a renovation of our theology. So the structural walls are very much still there. We've just been renovating.
1: Yeah, you know. So we 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 had the 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 gospel as far as much of Christendom for thousands of years has agreed on it. We had that. We basically said everything else we're going to be at least willing to hear other points of view on, right? And so we've we started kind of building the the house back around that central message of our faith. Um all the while not really being interested in from from my perspective, uh for me, not really being interested in a lot of the peripheral arguments and positions. Like I just I which before consumed us. Yes. Yeah. I wanted to be like, Well, what do you think about this? And I wanted to have an exact thing <laughs> right. based based on scripture. Like I wanted to have an airtight position on virtually everything. Um, I even named one of my children <laughs> after an eighteenth uh, a nineteenth century Baptist theologian in, in Britain, Charles Spurgeon. His his middle name was Haddon, and I have a I have a two year old named Haddon. And I've always joked about Charles Spurgeon that he never had a position that he did not hold dogmatically. (laughs) Like every position he held was he would would die on that hill. And maybe that's a misrepresentation of him, but I think I've read enough of him (laughs) to kind of get that idea.
2: Would you say Haddon also incorporated that into his
1: character? Yeah, but I think he gets it from, honestly from, from from his dad uh, and his mom. His mom's pretty stubborn, too. Uh, she, she won't that's listen. unfair. She won't she's, listen to this. She's so. not here to defend herself. No, but anyway, so I, um, I, I've said in conversations b- before that where I am now is, is sort of a, um, in the most positive sense of the word, like I'm a, I'm a gospel reductionist. Like that's really all I care about. I just want to talk about, like, God's love for sinners in the person and work of Jesus Christ. What you believe about things on the peripheral of that, you are free to believe something different. And you're free to not believe that good news, and I'll still have a conversation with you. and But I'm willing to fellowship, whereas before I wasn't. I'm willing to fellowship with people who, as long as we can agree on that We can disagree on a lot more. And a year ago, I would have punched myself in the face (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if if just hearing me say that. Yeah, like I want to. So many times on the in the car, I'm having these inner discussions, these inner dialogues, right? Mm. And I'm arguing with myself for my (laughs) former self. And I'm like, man, I, (laughs) I my the inner me who's from a year ago who's not quite dead yet. Is, is hates the me now. <laughs> and it's it's funny. I laugh after the hindsight, but in reality, it, it, it's something I think that a lot of people can identify with. Um, and, and one of the valuable things that I think we bring to this podcast is Angela's opinion and her viewpoint, because, correct me if I'm wrong, you sort of became a Christian in sort of this progressive stream, right?
2: So... I would say knowing what I know now, yes. Knowing what I knew then, no. You didn't have uh, a framework I didn't have any framework. And so, you know, my first church, the pastor that we had, had just taken over for a female pastor. So it didn't occur to me that female pastors was a unique situation. (laughs) I didn't know these things. I didn't didn't know what the Bible said about it, and I didn't know what other denominations had to say about it. Uh, So I just thought that was normal. Until I became a pastor in an area that largely the de- other denominations in the area do not support female clergy. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't know that that was a thing until when I would introduce myself and say that I was a pastor. I would be looked at like I was a unicorn.
0: <laughs>
1: and, you know, are you really? I've heard about you. Yeah.
2: I didn't know they you actually exist. <laughs> exist. That, that m um, commercial. <laughs> but in my denomination, it's very common. Uh, we, mm-hmm. have, we have a ton of female clergy. So I just didn't know that that was... Uncommon, and I also didn't know that woman women caught flack for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that people will find us on on the internet and like send mm. us messages, and you know like I didn't know that those things existed. Uh, we also our our choir director was gay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I didn't know that that the church would see that as I just didn't know abnormal it, or unorthodox. Uh, yes, I yeah. was completely ignorant to um, much of the. Theology in different denominations, well, and and even the theology in my own, Um, because I was a new Christian. I wasn't really there to find out denominationally what people (laughs) believed. I was there, um, you know, building relationships with people and getting to know Jesus. Yeah,
0: you fell in love with Jesus. Yeah, Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, So I would say from my end, I had already coordinated the living room space.
0: Mm, I got gotcha. you. If, if we're going with that welcome. metaphor, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, like who was welcome and who I would sit down with, like all that was there. As my faith matured, I had to go back. My deconstruction was more of a um, construction. I needed to put some framework. Mm. You know, early in, in my in my faith, I would say that scripture was not authoritative in any way, shape, or form. Mm. Um, it was there, and it was, but but everything was open. I was not uncomfortable with mystery or not understanding. Although I I am a logical thinker, so I always wanted to understand. But what stood out to me were discrepancies or differences. Mm. And so that's what I wanted to solve. Mm. And then when I figured out that like you just had to accept that some of the things didn't match other things, (laughs) you you know, then that's where I I became, well, you know, scripture's authoritative, but we also have to be open to interpretation and, and how, how the scriptures were interpreted, even when they were transferred from one language to another, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I I would say it took me a long time to put some framework up on what are the, one are the non-negotiables? And, and I like the way that Clint said that, um, say that again, it was gospel
0: reductionist Gospel reductionist, reductionist.
2: Yeah. and and that, and that is where I would say I fall um, as well. I just hadn't heard that term before. So um,
1: yeah, it's Clint it's, used to rail against that term. That's why he, knew well, it. and that's the thing. It used to be some, an argument that I used against people that think the way I do now. Um, and it's a category that more conservative Christians use for less conservative Christians. Um, when and, and it, they even go as far as and I and I'm not saying they as as it, that's I didn't exist in that group, it was a group I existed in. That it was a, I would argue that not only do you reduce things to the gospel, but the gospel that you reduce it to is not a true one. Mm-hmm. And so that's eventually that's basically where you have to get to if you're going to be in that camp. You have to view gospel reductionism as a less than true gospel. In order to cast that person out, because if it, if if what they have is the true gospel, then they're saved, and whatever positions we have outside of that, right or wrong, aren't primary. Yeah, and so um, they may affect what where we go to worship on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. but they should not affect our ability to fellowship with someone um, who doesn't have that exact same framework. And that's where I was. I was unwilling to fellowship in a lot of ways with people who didn't have the same almost exact views as I did. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you talk because on the outside, I feel like our journey has looked very much the same, but I would describe it. I wouldn't quite describe it in the same way you did. One of the main things that led to uh, how I have renovated my theology and my my spirituality is— I think the biggest thing is that I am far more critical of myself now than I am others, and I, I guess now that I said that out loud, that is kind of what you're describing. Yeah, sure. Is being far more critical of myself than now, I am. I would others. say
1: that I'm not any necessarily more critical of myself; I'm just less critical of other people.
0: Well, see, for me, I know that I'm more critical of myself right. because I would I would hide any sort of faults, weaknesses, mistakes, and I would point out in others, and I can only look. I can only say this as I look back. I didn't know it at the time. Uh, I would point out the mistakes and the faults of others in an effort to make myself feel better Mm. about where I was, um, to project an image that I've got this all figured out. When the reality is, now that I've been more critical of myself, um, I have learned that I I am a very judgmental person. I'm a very prideful person, and I'm a, very, I'm a very fearful person. I have a lot of fears, and I was never able to know this about myself because I spent so much time geared towards being critical of others. And um, What's interesting about where I am now is I spent all that effort to try and be a better person, to try and be closer to God, but where I am now, accepting my own faults and weaknesses and mistakes, my relationship with my wife is better, my relationship with my son is better, my coworkers, my friends, and first and foremost, my relationship with my God mm-hmm. is better because I can own up to those weaknesses and those faults, whereas before I hid them to try and make myself feel better so I could be closer to him, when reality was I was, I was just driving myself further and further away from him.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up too. and. What, while you were talking, I had this thought that before, whenever someone would come to me with a concern or, or a problem and they would want advice or help from a Christian perspective, I had to take their problem and filter it through my very specific set of mm. beliefs. And then it would spit out this formula for how I would help them if I could. Like, if I could, can I even help this person? Because they are, this is messed up. And here's what my position says about them. Now they come to me with these things and I am much more, uh, or I try, I'm trying to be, I'm not there yet. I'm trying to, to see their problem and address it from a human perspective in that's informed by my views as a Christian rather than filtering them through Christianity. And then if there's anything left at the end, I'll help you. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, and it wasn't like they I the, oh you got to be be a Christian for me to help you that it wasn't that but I sort of I don't know I, I I'm much more will, I see the value of of helping first and then reasoning through some other things later rather than the opposite of that now I, it's made me a much better I I think neighbor uh, it's made me a much better husband. Uh, Although I still suck at that. (laughs) It's made me a much better father. uh, Although I still suck at that. Like, I mean, I. What makes you more empathetic? Yeah. Because
0: I'm not this person that has all the answers. I'm not this person that has it all figured out. I'm struggling in likely the very same way that you are. And so maybe we can, maybe we can figure this out together.
1: Yeah.
2: It's kind of like Richard Rohr um, says, that Jesus didn't come here to teach us how to be divine. Jesus came to teach us how to be human. Mm. And I, and I love that so much because I, Jesus's biggest criticism of, um, the Jewish leaders were that they, they took their religion so seriously that they didn't, they forsake, they forsaked forsake, forsook. forsook. That's not a word. They
0: neglected the weight of your Thank thing. Thank you. Yes.
2: They, they neglected people. Yeah. yeah. And, and so to me, I'd rather be wrong about my religion I'd be. I'd rather be theologically incorrect and stand before God for that mm. than to forsake people and tell God how I did that on behalf of God's religion. Mm. Um, that's really where I've gotten to. That if if my beliefs mean that I can't love people. Mm. Then I'm I'm worshiping a religion and not God.
0: Mm. That's a good point. See, I can even feel myself wanting to correct you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, but I see, thought w- of that that passage where Jesus says, "If you didn't do it for the least of these, you didn't do it for me." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how many people uh, will have done all the right things from a religion perspective, and then on that day, last day, will say. Jesus will say, I I didn't know, I didn't know you didn't have that relationship. Do we know each other? Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. And so, uh, wow, you were going to say something.
0: Yeah. I, I know just for, for me, now that I am more critical of myself, whenever someone does something to trigger me and because I'm a very fearful person, it doesn't take a lot for someone to trigger me and upset me and, um, and make me feel bad. But what I used to do is I used to look for the fault in the other person um, to try and make myself feel better. Mm -hmm. Now, what I try to do instead, and I resonate deeply with what you said, because I'm not very good at this still, but I'm trying, is I look for what part did I play in this feeling that I have right now? Rather than immediately go to, to pointing a finger outward, point the finger inward, what role did I play in this? And it has allowed me to actually, I think, better represent my faith because one of the one of the most moving things for me recently has been seeing how Jesus prayed for the people that drove the nails through his hands and feet. Mm-hmm. Father, forgive them for what for they know not what they do. And um, that's I am able to say that prayer now when people hurt me and offend me. Um, because of this renovation and because I'm more critical of myself than I am of others, I can actually say, God, bless this person in all the ways that I want. God, bless this person with closer fellowship with you. Give them satisfaction in their job. Give them you know, a, a, a good home life. Help them be good servants to their wife, good neighbors to their wife um, and their children. And I, I can that's my immediate response now because I'm more critical of myself than I am mm-hmm. others. And that's the major renovation that I've done in my theology and worldview.
1: Yeah. And I think if we want to, cause that's the one thing I wrestle with. I know that I've experienced this and I know that we had all kind of had something to add to the conversation. Um, but I, we always like to encourage other people in what, like not what you can do necessarily, but your takeaways from our, our conversations, if anything. And my heart, Broke this week as I thought about it, in that there are people who have been genuinely hurt, and there are people that have been genuinely um, just turned off from the Christian worldview because of the way I used to be. Mm. And for so long, I called people from unbelief to my system of belief. And if you didn't fall in line with that, well, you were just some, you were a second level. Christian if that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so what I'm calling people to now is there's another way Mm -hmm. and it's not, it's not another way in a sense that it's not Christianity. We want people to be Christians. We want them to place their faith and trust in Jesus as a savior. But I realize now that how people get there is different Mm -hmm. or the places they get to it from and the places they get to are different and um all i'm interested in now is that you get there yeah um where you, what you do after you get there where, where you go to church on sunday um things like that are still important to me but they're not as important to me now as the fact that that you that that i'm at least offering and holding that out to you so if someone's listening to this today and they have no faith know that the Christian faith you can get to is not necessarily the faith that we held at one point, like the positions that we held at one point or the positions that a lot of people hold. Um, the gospel is what it is. It's the good news that God loves you and he sent his son to die for you. Um,
0: I feel like that's a good place yeah. to end. Get there. yeah.
2: <laughs> We're all just walking each other home.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah.
2: I don't remember who said that. It wasn't me.
1: We're going to credit
0: it to you. Okay. And that's what we want to do today. God, we want to love others like you do. And until next time, may the Lord make us a channel for his peace.